1: Hi, we'll start the show here in just a second, but here's a political fun fact for you. The 2016 Bernie Sanders campaign started at the dinner table of radio legend Bill Press. Bill has been one of the leading progressive voices in the country, so I'm glad he's still out there on the left, stronger than ever. Right now, he's using that progressive voice in the Bill Press podcast. The Bill Press pod is up twice a week, an in-depth interview with a major newsmaker on Tuesday, plus his lively end-of-the-week roundtable with three of Washington's top political reporters digging deep on the latest craziness from the gop the massive voter suppression bills in the states and the democrats fight to keep control of congress in 2022 so i encourage you to join me in subscribing to the bill press pod it's a must listen for all progressives to sign up just go to wherever you get your podcasts search for the bill press pod click on subscribe and then tell your friends to do the same take it from me i follow the bill press pod and you should too and now let the cartoons begin
2: Recorded live in the USA, covering the whole wide world.
3: Right on! This
2: is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com.
3: And my guest today is presidential nominee and JFK lookalike, <laughs>
2: Governor Jack Stanton. Hi, is he? Hi, Jack. Jack, when we were talking before, you were telling me that your mama liked Vegas. <laughs> and, and, and who was her favorite act there? Is it Wayne Newton? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, when your mother plays blackjack... Where does she stand, Pat? Is it 16? Well, she is a bit of a gambler, uh, but so sometimes she'll go up to 17. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me, Governor, but uh, I'm told that we have Senator Harris on the phone. Uh, uh, hello. This is indeed an honor. Thank you. We were just talking with Governor Stanton about how his mother loves Las Vegas. I was wondering,
3: Senator, does your mother have a favorite vacation spot? My mother's dead. Oh. <laughs> Bob Seska! Bob. Bob. Bob!
1: That's the Bob Seska Show! I guess that means I should start. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, April 13, 2021, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 84 of the Biden-Harris administration, 573 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at Bob Seska underscore go. Oh, let's bring him in. It's Buzz. Buzz,
0: you you've said it all.
2: Hello, everybody. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I meant to grab the microphone and picked up a megaphone instead. <laughs> my, God. my bad. You, you oh, can see God, a thing like yeah. that can happen. I right? know. <laughs> uh, hi. Hi, everybody. Hi, Hello. Bob. He's, <laughs> he's, he's Bob, of course. I'm Buzz. Uh, one of us works up a show. Uh, the other one just shows up. <laughs> By the way, Bob, uh, thank you for the money for, you know, tuition and school. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Kimberly and I had tuition school in school the other day. It was, it was great. I, I'm happy to report. It was wonderful. Do you, under, do, you, do you
2: like etymology? Do you enjoy a study of bugs, insects, creepy crawly uh, things? Not yeah. really, no, no. Well, it's uh, it's in the news now, as <laughs> oh, it turns good. out. Oh, good. Yeah, sci- scientists say millions and millions of 17-year cicadas will soon be digging their way out of the ground. Fun. And if you're not familiar, uh, cicadas can be very, very loud. So many of them are expected to run as Republicans.
1: Assholes. They're all assholes. All those cicadas, assholes, all of them.
2: Uh, the good news is cor- corporate America is now distancing itself from the Republican Party, and, mm-hmm. and Republicans are retaliating by boycotting those companies. Good. Uh, uh, Donald Trump Jr., however, will keep buying Coke. <laughs> Yes, all the coke. Do you follow the cutting-edge fashion news, Bob?
1: All the time. Yeah. I Man, yeah. don't get between me and the fashion news because I, I'm going to run you right over.
2: I don't know if you've seen this, but in cutting-edge fashion news, <laughs> uh, short shorts for men are making a comeback. Wow. And a number of celebrities are wearing them now. Uh-huh. My eyes are up here, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, your upper
1: thighs are exquisite
2: Unrelated, I think yeah. uh, It's alligator mating season In Florida <laughs> Almost writes itself, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Floridians have been warned to be on the alert Because in recent years Gators have eaten about four people there mm-hmm. Well, to be exact Three and a half <laughs> The
3: Bob Show. Rocky Mountain Mike Oh, that deep state Has its case now and it keeps it out of sight oh that mad gates he's in some heat now <laughs> and his fans are curly white you know that deep state with its case babe and the evidence it's piled so high <laughs> And that Venmo it brought Matt heat, babe. He thought it'd never leave a trace behind. Thrown under the bus now. Who on the Sunday morning shows <laughs> claims he's canceled? Just oozing lies. Did he pay for a tug job down by the river? We don't know paypal just to write it on down and now matt gates spins just like old epstein could it be that boy his ass is grass look out for that states in a dance and he's losing ground his support fins they're on the right babe and now
1: Look out, Matt's going down. There he is. All right. (laughs) The great Rocky Mountain Mike. Outstanding. (laughs) You know, I went and searched for some vaccines while that song was playing. (laughs) I think I made made some progress. Well, Uh, that's all the time we have. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, Rocky Mountain Mike. (laughs) Rocky underscore mountain underscore Mike on Instagram. Go and follow him right now. Go do it. Uh, Here's what happened. he sent Joel Greenberg $900 in May of 2018, uh-huh. Uh-huh. who then, using the same Venmo app, sent three young women money totaling $900. Well, them- <laughs>
2: sure, you want to keep records.
1: And then he said in the uh, subject line, hit up, and then he used the nickname for one of the girls. So you may have heard Matt Gates' speech the other day in which he thanked Jim Jordan, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Donald Trump for their support, but guess who else is supporting Matt Gates now? Glenn Ethan Greenwald. That's great. Glenn Greenwald, never afraid of the disruption, never afraid of being a troll, is now defending Matt Gates. by the way. He tweeted sure, that- why not? He tweeted that if you have a problem with uh, sex with girls under the age of 18, then take it up with all those states where the age of consent is 16 or 17. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. First of all, Florida, it's 18. And that's yes. where Matt Gates live. That's where Joel Greenberg lives. And Whoops. by the way, I keep referring to Joel Greenberg as Jeff Greenberg. So please, yeah, no. punch me it's, the next time I do that. Thank Matt, you. That's as
2: bad as that poor fellow named Matt Gertz, who's been you know, oh yeah. attacked on on social media because people think he's <laughs> Matt Gates. Right. So that's if you, if curse. your name
1: happens to be Jeff Greenberg, I'm really really sorry. I, I mean to say Joel Greenberg.
2: <sighs> <Okay>. well, <laughs> it's the fun... not easy keep it up.
1: Yeah, well, you know, part of the problem is, Buzz, is I'm just intensely distracted, as I was Bye. saying a, a second ago, my, looking for a goddamn vaccine. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I hate to complain about something because we're we're really no. doing well with the vaccines overall. I mean, we
2: f- we are, and you're right to complain. I I'm in Florida of all places, and uh, my local friends have had their vaccines already. Yeah. Uh, uh, in varying age groups, and so I, the fact that you're in or near the nation's capital uh, shocks me that you haven't had yours
1: yet. I only became eligible last Monday, and that was eligibility for the mass vaccination sites. Now, did you say mass vaccination sites? Hey everybody it's the mass vaccination sites here on the show. It's the drinking. <laughs> and you know what? Before we continue on, we should bring in this music, yeah, because it's really yeah, it's, it's like the hunt. <laughs> It really, really is. Uh, so a few people were suggesting maybe we try the mass vaccination site in uh, Hagerstown, Maryland. Uh-huh. And in uh, Hagerstown, they were apparently giving the Johnson & Johnson vaccine to walk-ins. I see. The problem with that is driving to Hagerstown, which is like, uh-huh. you know, an hour away. And that's if you don't have traffic. And so I wasn't going to roll the dice and try driving an hour away only to be turned away, possibly. Right, right. And so the next option, because yesterday, as of Monday, the 12th, Maryland opened it up, to, opened up all the vaccination sites for everyone 16 years and above. So that means okay. me, that means we can just go anywhere and get a vaccine. The problem is you just can't go anywhere and get a vaccine because it requires this... Appointment scheduling process, which is really the seriously annoying part of all of it. For example, mm-hmm. I went to the uh, Walgreens, or you know what, I always mix up Walgreens and Wegmans. I think it was the Wegman's website. I, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure it was the Wegman's it's a website. grocery yeah.
2: chain and that has the drugstore. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so I went through the process of searching vaccinefinder.org. It sent me to the. Wegmans website, gotcha. where the Wegmans website needed me to register first on the website to become a member of the website. Right. And you go in and you do the whole setup process with your name and your address and your, you know, your uh, gender and your date of birth and the whole right. b- business and your email. And then you go and you have to confirm the email and on and on and on, only to find out that there were no appointments available anyway. Uh-huh. So it was, yeah. It was just a, such a pain in the ass. And it was, you know, it shouldn't be this challenging. No, it shouldn't. And I,
2: that surprises me. Being as close as you are to Washington, D.C., I'm just surprised that—and uh, and you're in Maryland? I, I You know, I, I don't no. get it. I don't, I don't know why the vaccine rollout has been so uneven. I mean— uh here in Florida even Matt Gates' girlfriends to qualify for the vaccine now so <laughs> anybody 16 and older so some some of his girlfriends
1: qualify yeah yeah qualifying. yeah, yeah. It's, it's really really frustrating because you want to support the process and you want to make sure that everyone knows well look this is going better than expected because there are millions and millions of people who have been vaccinated and in fact uh, i think it was on what were the Saturday numbers? Four point six million people were vaccinated on Saturday, which is a single day record. Yes, so yes. People are getting them, and I can see all of our Facebook. I mean, you want to talk about FOMO, fear of missing out? I'm like you know, neck deep in vaccine FOMO right now. Which is, I'm seeing everyone. Everyone I know is getting vaccinated. <laughs> it's all over. I'm seeing the pictures. I'm seeing the band aids. I'm seeing the I, you know, the uh, vaccine passports that people are getting the cards with their names on them. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I want to be part of that. It's just It's extraordinarily difficult to do it, and I guess the only option really is to wait it out. But it seems like it should be easier than this. It seems like the appointment process is the part of the equation that is stymieing to me because I'd much rather be able to just, you know, like you do with a flu shot. A flu season comes around. You you walk into the CVS. You say, I'd like a flu shot. They give you a flu shot.
2: It may ultimately be like that. They may be simultaneous. You may go in. Every October, or whenever you go and get your flu shot and your COVID shot, you are yeah. set for the winter.
1: And right now, that's the way it should be with COVID. There, there shouldn't be this degree of hassle because you know what? I always think about it this way. I'm really savvy when it comes to, well, I shouldn't say really savvy. I, I'm All just, right. I'm at least savvy enough to use the internet. I've been doing it since what, 1997? I first got a job working on the internet and first had my first email address and everything like that. And right. so I've been doing this for, A long, long time coming up on what I guess that would be 25 years, uh, more or less. Wow. But I can't imagine people who are just now uh, learning to use the internet, people who maybe don't have uh, the time to sit or don't have it at all. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what a a frustrating thing. I mean, I I feel like a bit like Veruca Salt. I want it now, Daddy. I want the vaccine now. And you just can't get through the scheduling process. It's everywhere, yeah. every place, well, every drugstore is booked up. Uh, I cannot you're, find you're a trying. single opening. Yeah,
2: you're you're trying. It's coming. They're out there. Uh, there is no shortage of vaccine. It should be underscored. Uh, President Biden said this morning. That uh, the latest hold on Johnson and Johnson vaccines will not affect uh, distribution, nor will it affect the the number of shots available. Yeah, this isn't the only places. This will cause a glitch in places that we're giving out the J and J vaccines, uh, but I, you know, I don't think it's going to. There's, cer- there's certainly enough Pfizer and Moderna to go around is what i'm trying to say. Yeah, and, yeah. and i had to reiterate something that Kimberly posted on social media that uh just because seven people out of uh, 2 million or whatever have uh, had blood clots doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean that the the vaccine is bad necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh we still have to get to the bottom of that of course and caution is being exercised but You know, Rachel Maddow got the Johnson and Johnson shot, so we'll we'll just keep an eye on her and see how she does. But I I think it's going to be okay, and uh, you you shouldn't let that dissuade you, uh, you know, from continuing to pursue a shot because there's plenty of Pfizer and Moderna out there to go around, even without the J and J.
1: Oh yeah, well, every time I run into a roadblock, it increases my determination like tenfold. There's no way I'm giving up at this point. I mean, I'm I'm in it now, and I'm I'm plowing for it. I'm the juggernaut. Or not, and I'm going to make it to that vaccination. I was really hoping that I could get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine merely because well, it's once and done and I don't have to go back. I don't have to go back right. two weeks later and get another one and work that into the schedule too. But apparently once you get that first one then the second one is automatically scheduled, so you don't have to go through all of the online crapola, right?
2: There, There is still a push to uh, stop holding the second shots for people and uh, to use those to get more people vaccinated. Uh, and the argument is we're underestimating the uh, efficacy of a single shot yeah. from either Pfizer or Moderna. Uh, so maybe... You know, maybe maybe they were onto something. I opposed this idea at first because it went against uh, scientific advice at the time. But there is a growing scientific movement for just getting the damn things out there, and we'll, you know, the, the the second shots will be along. Yeah. Uh, rather than setting them aside, let's vax more people.
1: Well, I mean, if there's six people who end up with reports of blood clots out of six point eight million recipients, that's what it is. That's pretty good odds. I mean, it's. I mean, I know the FDA and the CDC are being cautious, and that's fine, and I I certainly support that. It's better to be cautious than to, you know, than to have a serious, serious public health issue on their hands. But at the same time, man, so immensely frustrating. In fact, you and I were talking yesterday about this, doing this scheduling of the vaccine. It reminds me of the 70s, 80s, and 90s when you'd have to call... Ticketmaster to get concert tickets, it, like as soon as they went on sale. so your favorite band, they're coming to town, and the tickets go on sale 10 a.m. on this day. You pick up the phone at 10 a.m. to call Ticketmaster, and it's that process of dialing busy signal, redialing busy signal, redialing busy signal, until maybe you finally get through. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing now. It's constantly having to refresh, try again, refresh, try again, refresh, as, try as, again.
2: As you said to me in the email, it's like trying to be caller 10 in a radio station contest it's,
1: <laughs> That's right. it's a
2: little like that
1: yeah. and the, the secret by the way if you're calling to request a song if you want to <laughs> call a radio yeah. station to request a song and the dj uh-huh. says to you yeah we'll get that right on for you yeah, you know what that means? That means he's we lying. have we yeah, he's lying. We uh, the DJ has no intention of playing that song unless it's already on the playlist. That's the, the DJ secret. has
2: no choice. He or she will play whatever the computer has scheduled or whatever <laughs> is next on the the programmer's playlist. Yeah. They they really have no choice. Now the odds are if you ask for a popular song, it probably will be along uh, as uh, as one favorite uh, one-time favorite DJ put it, uh, all the same songs just in a different order. That's the <laughs> secret to our success. Right, right. Well,
1: it's the same process with getting these vaccines scheduled. You feel like once you finally get through that Uh, you can bend spoons mentally. You feel (laughs) superhuman once you finally manage to get. And it shouldn't be that way. I mean, you're calling up uh, Ticketmaster to get concert tickets and going through that process of redialing and trying and trying and trying. That's fine. It's ultimately inconsequential. But we're talking about vaccines here. And then after, God, an entire year buzz of isolating in place yes, yes. and and wanting, uh, God, I'm so desperate to get the vaccine and get back out again. But at the same time, I know, and I've received <laughs> lots and lots of tips, and I thank everybody for their helpful <laughs> hints as to how to do this. But I also don't want to waste a bunch of time you know, on an ongoing treasure hunt uh, where I feel like uh, you know, it's Mission Impossible or it's uh, Indiana Jones or something like that where I'm constantly driving around trying to find... I guess Good There's a bit of principle to it, Buzz It's the principle It should be easier And that's when I keep thinking of Like as soon as I go in For even more effort Than I'm putting in now I go No, 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 no It should be easier I'm gonna wait
2: (laughs) Good morning, Bob (laughs) Your mission Should you decide to accept it Is to find and get a vaccine
1: (laughs) That's right I only wish it were possible. And, you know, look, I don't claim to understand the logistics of the process. But so far, it just seems overly complicated and prohibitive (laughs) for something that's this urgent. You know what I mean? Uh,
2: I do. I do. I do. You're right. I mean, and I, I, I worry and I feel badly for you. And I understand certainly your eagerness to get it. I, I, all I can tell you is, is, and I sound like the DJ, we'll get that right on for you. Uh,
1: <laughs> no patience.
2: Yeah, it, it's coming. It's coming up in the playlist. You're, you're up
1: next. I just hope the process gets a little bit easier as we go on. And, yeah. You know, at Amen. least based on my search this morning before the show, uh-huh. it looked like there were a few more places where at least the vaccines were in stock. I mean, I was confronting a lot of results yesterday where they didn't even have the vaccine in, in stock, at least according to vaccinefinder.org. But- all of it pales in comparison to the frustrations of the black community right now, right and I want to talk about the Dante Wright uh, shooting in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota mm-hmm. because this is um, once again a horrifying example of of the culture of shooting first and asking questions later. Right. Uh, whether that's Especially shooting-
2: yeah. and perhaps exclusively with minorities.
1: It doesn't matter whether the shooting is with a pistol or with a taser. There just seems to be this culture of Militants and uh, overreacting, fear. yeah. It's fear, it's fear. And they, you yeah. know, you got a routine traffic stop. This this guy had, you know, air fresheners. Dante Wright had air fresheners hanging off of his uh, rearview mirror, and it turned into a, you know, uh, just a, a traffic violation. So they pulled him over. They found out that he had a warrant for a misdemeanor on something else, and so they go through this process where it seems like. And we've seen this time and time again, where the cops are on a hair trigger, where right. maybe fear. it's yeah, fear, maybe it starts out okay, but then it always ends up escalating beyond. And the question, well, I have numerous questions when it comes to this, but let's, let's take a hypothetical here. Let's take the officer at her word that she really intended to taser Dante Wright. As we know uh-huh. by now, the word is that she meant to taser him, and instead she pulled out her firearm and shot him in the chest. The question remains, why? I mean, Wright uh, was being cuffed. He jumped back into his car. He tried to flee the scene. But if you're worried about him driving away, why not block the car? I mean, it seems like the car is the means of conveyance here, not his legs. He's not running. He's just getting back in the car. So you disable the car. I don't know why this isn't in the the training and the uh, regulations and the procedures for these police departments. It seems like the training and regulations say that if you're in a situation that you feel as if your life is in danger, then you can use deadly force. But that is so ultimately subjective. And in this case... And was
2: certainly not the case in this case.
1: Yeah. There are other things that could have been done here. And then ultimately... What would have been the harm if Dante Wright had escaped, just been allowed to drive away? Whatever happened to cops going, damn, we lost him. It seems <laughs> then, like damn, we show, lost him needs to become part of the vernacular again, doesn't it? And then showing up at his house with a warrant or whatever. Exactly, know. exactly. You've got his plates, he got his license plate, you know, you got all of his information, and it clearly because they were able to determine that he had an outstanding warrant for something else. Right. So you uh, know who he is, and, yeah, exactly. You know who he is and where he lives. It was the same with uh, uh, victims like uh, who was that guy Walter Scott in 2015. Remember the Walter Scott thing, Buzz, mm-hmm. where he's yes. pulled over for a broken tail light, mm-hmm. and I guess there was something. Wink, wink. He was pulled over because he was black, exactly. And uh, there something happened, and he got out of the car and ran. And then the mm-hmm. cop chased after him, and we all mm-hmm. saw the video. It's mm-hmm. on video right. of Walter Scott being shot in the back mm-hmm. right. as he's fleeing. And one of the most dramatic and horrible things I've ever seen in my life. I by, a I could...
2: frustrated, by a frustrated yeah. cop.
1: You know? yeah, exactly, exactly. A frustrated cop who, by the way, tried to frame him after the fact by claiming mm-hmm. that Walter Scott tried to take his taser. So right. he gets shot in the back, murdered, right then and there. What would have been the harm if walter scott had gotten away what danger oh oh my god there's a guy with a broken taillight at large what's going to happen is is he going to get right. in another car with a broken taillight and try to drive around again oh no we got to stop him think of the children no this is like no
2: this is not serving and protecting this this is just exactly. not serving and protecting yeah. they're, they're they're not doing their job in that in that regard and and you're right to ask about about training and uh, about the culture i do think uh, there, there is a change in the wind inside police departments. Mm-hmm. I think the culture is starting to change, yeah. but it's still a battle even from within. Uh, and, and clearly there are some big, big problems here, both in terms of screening uh, personnel uh, and making sure they're properly trained and checking up on their well-being.
1: The uh, officer who fired the uh, single shot that killed Dante Wright, uh, she was apparently on the force for a good long time. A veteran, mean, what, a veteran what 20 20 years something like that th-
2: this was shocking to me the woman's a veteran of the force she's and and uh, you know I, I i don't know what happened here but uh, obviously and i and number of people who pointed out on social media uh that uh, uh you know police have trouble figuring out whether you're holding a gun they often think it's a phone if you're black or they often if you're black a phone can look like a gun to a cop yep uh and and but but uh, they can't tell their own guns either that's That's problematic. Uh, How'd that happen? So, uh, you know, they they need to look into that as well, if in fact that's what happened.
1: And, wow. and she made the mistake that Bob Denver makes at the beginning of the Far Out Space Nuts by pressing launch, not lunch. You know, that the opening um, right. theme of the Far Out Space Nuts from the Sid and Marty Croft show, you know.
2: No, I'm I'm not familiar. <laughs> but,
1: I'm surprised but. because that was a, oh my God, in the 70s. It was a blunder that you make if you're kind of an idiot. You pull uh, out the wrong thing. You pull out the taser. Yeah, so that of, raises
2: a question. How did she make it through 26 years without ever yeah. having made that? kind of blunder before why now what happened and you know i obviously they'll look into that but we have to address the overall problem of the uh police culture
1: and Mm -hmm. uh,
2: training screening all of that
1: and i've heard from other firearm experts certainly military experts that there when it comes to firearms there are no accidents there's only negligence and again we're talking about a guy who was, first of all, partially handcuffed. I noticed in the video that he was able to pull one of his hands out of one of the cuffs, so he wasn't fully secured.
2: They only got one on him, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so he gets back in the car, and don't don't they have, like, those things that... uh, you throw out into the into the road, well, they're, like thump, they're like six-sided the, thumbtacks yes, or something like that that disable the yeah. tires. You know Th- what I mean? Those,
2: those, those have their own. See, and that, that's one thing uh, that's uh, difficult or more difficult for an officer is determining what to use and when. And, yeah. uh, and each situation is very different. Uh, those, two can be hazardous to innocent bystanders, to innocent citizens, to the homes in the neighborhood, if that's where yeah. it occurs, because that car can very likely careen out of control. As it turns out, what the what uh, this 26-year veteran did was equally bad. Yeah. She shot the man in the chest. He drove away and crashed and died. Uh, this also endangered innocent citizens. Mm-hmm. So to shoot a motorist, a moving motorist in the chest, uh, or uh, shoot a motorist in the chest before they start moving or as they start moving, is endangering innocent citizens. Yeah, yeah. And so she wasn't just uh, accidentally killing a man for no reason, uh, she was endangering other people as well. Yep. And so and and likewise with the spikes, the tire spikes police have to consider okay, what's the consequence of that going to be? Or as you said, Maybe just live to catch him another day. Exactly. This was not a. This was not a big catch, as you point out. This was this was a more of an they, uh, executing whatever the police tried to execute here uh, was in no way uh, either serving nor
1: protecting the community. That's right. The choice is twofold. You basically have two options here. You either create an untenable situation where you're drawing your sidearm, whether that's a taser, uh, whether that's pepper spray. In the case of uh, 2nd Lieutenant Karen Nazario, uh, the the situation in Virginia that we're going to talk about here in just a second Uh too, it's either you pull that sidearm, Or you let the suspect just get away and you catch him, as you said, live to catch him another day. And again, what is the harm in that? What is the harm of apprehending him someplace else? What is the harm of issuing yet a second warrant? I mean, he's 20 years old. What is he going to do? The
2: officer's job, all officer's jobs are, and they know this, uh, is to de-escalate the situation first. If that fails, then uh, increasing amounts of authority and and ultimately perhaps force need to be applied. But uh, bearing in mind that uh, none of these so-called offenses from air fresheners to saying there's no tag when there is a tag to whatever. I mean, none of those are about serving and protecting the people and none of them endanger the safety of the community
1: yeah i mean I, it'll look I, I don't claim to be an expert when it comes to police procedure i know just about as much as anyone else who follows the news i watch all the cop
2: shows so. oh
1: there you go well yeah. <laughs> then you probably have seen maybe going back 15 20 years when there's a suspect and they're the cops are chasing them down sometimes the suspect just outruns them and gets away as it's just like yeah. ah damn we lost them and again, why can't, oh damn, we lost him become a thing again? I mean, I'm well, not saying or, just or, let them or, go. I'm just saying or, that if you can't or, catch them, it doesn't it doesn't help the situation to kill or, the suspect.
2: Or better still, outsmart the bad guys, yeah. negotiate, you know, whatever you have to do, but de-escalate the situation, mm. not escalate it as you Transition at some point into the discussion of the Virginia officer. You can see he was, his demeanor and his behavior and his acts were all uh, toward escalating the situation, yeah. not de-escalating it. The officer made things worse, and we've seen that time and time again in these videos.
1: Well, we're going to talk about 2nd Lieutenant Karen Nazario's situation here in Virginia uh, because he has... He's uh, he's retaliating now. He's suing the cops. And that's, uh, yes. that's it's going to be an interesting case to observe there, because I, I don't think the cops were brought up on any charges or anything along those lines. This is just a, no. a matter of, of patriotism <laughs> and supporting the troops. And these guys decided, hey, you know, as a second lieutenant in the army, let's pepper spray him because we we're scared. Right. like always and plus we have uh, a shooting in Knoxville I want to talk about too uh, once again the culture of gun violence in this country is out of control and Governor Bill Lee of Tennessee is partly responsible for that but in the meantime let's talk about our Patreon page I want to thank all of our new subscribers we just surpassed 20 new members on our Patreon page in the last few days and now I'm going to be making at least one behind the scenes video for all of our patrons so but all the fun is happening right there at BobSuskaShow.com so don't and miss Bob, out.
2: Yeah. Bob, if, if you want, uh, if people want, uh, you'll be happy to put school and tuition in the memo line on <coughs> their payments.
1: That's right, thank you very much, do that please. And if you sign up, not only are you gonna get our existing bonus content, but you're also gonna get video features no one else will get to see. Again, you can sign up for $1 per month, $5 per month, $10 per month, or $15 per month. $5 a month is gonna get you our post-mortem shows recorded after the end credits on our Tuesday and Thursday podcasts. For $10 per month, you get the post-mortem shows plus the subscription only after party with me and Kimberly Johnson. And for $15 per month, you get all of that, plus we take out all the commercials for you. That's show.com or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show!
0: I raise my hair and see your face Then lightning strikes and we can't run Your breath is short and my heart begins to race Could this be it? Is this the one? I've waited so long to fill this alive. I dream that tonight you will be by my side. There's just one love to win, and I know that this is it. Yeah, there's just one love, it's true, and I know it's me and you. One love.
1: Oh, yeah, the bitter one elegance.
0: Love to win, one,
1: one Love to Win is the name of the song uh, one love with the numeral one and the numeral one two one in the title there. Uh, it's from uh, Hiding in the Spotlight, thebitterelegance.com. Love these is guys, it, yeah. Is it just me, or does this song ooze
2: sex? Yes, it does. It does. Okay, all right. And then it's not just me.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I think it's our palpable sexuality that makes this show popular. <laughs> yes,
1: it does. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Sexuality, refrigerator sex, all the rest of it. Uh, you know, tuition, school, and school. There were there were actually three show. different payments, right? Uh, three different subject lines. So it was, yeah, it was tu- tuition, school, school. My, my favorite new euphemism for sex is tuition, school, school. I'm going to get a lot of mileage out <laughs> of that one. Uh, Okay, getting back into uh, serious things here. Uh, We talked about the shooting of Dante Wright in in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, and obviously the protests continuing. And, I mean, we're getting to the point now where it is really like... The mass shootings where you can kind of do the mad libs fill in the blanks you know it's the same thing every time and of course i'm not at all blaming the black community for reacting i'm blaming the cops for not doing the right thing and the the procedures and the process the uh, rules and the training this is all shit that needs to be reformed. And I think the Biden administration is looking at a way to pass national legislation uh, on police reform to try to Mm. roll back some of this stuff. Because it seems like, I don't know, Buzz, I don't know if you've noticed if it's gotten worse since 9-11, but it seems like the militarization of the police that occurred after 9-11 Oh, absolutely,
2: yeah. And uh, Bush saw to that, W saw to that, by uh, arming the police with uh, excess military gear. Right. Uh, And the police, you know police out in uh, Hayesville Kansas or wherever they got these uh, you know tanks and 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 protective gear and all of that yeah uh they were delighted because this was fun this was exciting stuff and they could be they could dress up and and and, and play soldiers and yeah. sometimes even when it isn't necessary yeah but yeah that's that was a that was a bush production uh and uh some communities have gotten rid of that stuff since but not nearly enough of them and there is still that uh, military mentality yep. uh look it, it, you know we need to address the problem not you know the, the throwing tear gas is is not the answer if a crowd forms outside your city's police department you might have a problem mm-hmm. it 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 might be you yeah. it, it could it could be you yeah. not them uh mm-hmm. that's the source of, of the trouble And uh, we all need to look inward and see to what degree it's us.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think you may have read in my book, Buzz, I wrote an entire chapter about this town in Ohio called Zanesville. And this was back Uh in 2008. So the war on terror was really fresh in our minds at that point in time. And uh, post 9-11, All of these small towns like Zanesville, Ohio, were getting all kinds of grants from the federal government to augment their uh, preparedness for a possible terrorist attack. So all these local police forces were getting all kinds of military supplies and gear and, and hardware and they were really and once you get that stuff, it's either use or lose. So you well, got it. You, you gotta use it.
2: What you you, you want al Qaeda to invade Springfield, Missouri? Is that what you want, Bob? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. Because and, and the great irony, the great irony of the Zanesville story is they got all this equipment from the federal government to prevent terrorism. The great irony is is that the the river that uh Zanesville is anchored by Uh Is just horribly polluted, just the worst pollution. I mean, to the point where they get you can't go in the water there because it's so badly polluted, and so you you miss out on the actual crisis that's happening in Zanesville because you're focused on the nearly non-existent, at least that point in time, in Zanesville, the non-existent threat of terrorism. Right. You know, talk about a lapse in priorities. I mean, that's a that seems to be endemic of the entire American experience right now. And and really, that's what your book was about. And and I, I know that
2: you get a little uncomfortable when I bring it up sometimes but you shouldn't because that theme in fact I think you should update it and re-release it because that theme of fear is a used was used by Republicans when you yeah. wrote that book mm-hmm. and it's been used consistently by them ever since and you have a lot more examples now to add of republicans using fear over fact yeah. to manipulate voters.
1: Well, and I'm seeing the fear manifesting itself in many different ways. And one of the ways it's manifesting itself is in all of these conspiracy theories and and some of the yes. things that are driving the right-wing extremism in this country. The fear of, you know, the fear of liberalism, the fear of cancel culture, the fear of, uh, you know, trans people using the same bathroom. Oh god, heaven forbid. And uh, there there are all these these fears, the fear of uh, of things that don't even exist, like the deep state and the uh, comet ping pong, uh, right. you know, sex dungeons and so on. Right. Drink the drinking of baby blood that we all have to get militant about, and girl, get your firearms and and lock and load. Well, you know that's what drives these situations where we've seen an, a huge uptick. In fact, there was a whole piece in the Washington Post about the the rise of right wing extremism. Twenty twenty, yes, yes, the mm-hmm. year twenty twenty being the worst year so far for far right extremism.
2: Who was who was president? Yeah. Man,
1: trying to. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah. And, and you know, part of it, and I'm not, I'm by no stretch blaming Barack Obama, but the thing is. A lot of the extremism that's risen over the last four or five years has been in reaction to You can go back 12 years in reaction to the existence of a black president. That well, just- Bob, you
2: can you can have your black guys on TV, but you start <laughs> electing a president. That's where a lot of America is going to have to draw the line. Uh, and and it really, I mean, I think that's really what it got down to. It's like, yeah. okay, well, uh, black people are on TV now, and uh, you know, I guess it's the way it's going to be. But when one got elected president. Uh, uh, the racist uh, in uh, much of America came out, mm-hmm. and, and uh, they've been out ever since. And Donald Trump made them feel much more comfortable about being who yeah. they are.
1: And we don't know the motives of this kid in Knoxville uh, no. with this uh, shooting that occurred uh, yesterday, where apparently what happened was this kid had a had a firearm with him, and he ended up in a standoff against cops, and he was in the, I think, it was in the boys' room, in the bathroom, and that's where uh, he shot one of the cops in the hip, and then the cop returned fire and shot and killed the kid. But uh, a few days before that, last Thursday, Governor Bill Lee, bragged on Twitter about Uh passing an open carry law. In fact, he called it, talk about a new euphemism for this uh, gun culture. He called it constitutional carry. That's what they're using now. It's no longer open carry. It's called constitutional carry. And and
2: the constitution says nothing about
1: carry. Unless you're forming a well-regulated militia you know, right. This is the, again, this is the gun culture writ large. This is, you know, the NRA. In fact, uh, Bill Lee, governor of Tennessee, bragged uh, yes. partly about his cooperation with the NRA. Tagged the yes. NRA in the tweet. Yes, he did. There's a serious issue where uh, we're being taught in this country. And again, you talk about Mad Libs. Fill in the blanks. In this country, we have been taught, or many of us have been taught, that the only way to solve problems is at the point of a gun. And
2: yeah. I, I mean, I was raised in that culture where most of the shows on television were Westerns and that's how things were settled. Yeah. A lot of us were raised on that. And and since then, of course, there's been, you know, everything Rambo and everything else. Uh, we we uh a lot of people pick up the message from media that mm-hmm. that violence is is the solution to a problem, and uh, you know I, I I hope we can fix that as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It is very much the the culture of this country. I've I've told the story before of meeting some British tourists on an airport uh, transit bus, and uh, I asked them what their impressions uh, were of America, what they expected to see, and they said cowboys. <laughs> We, to this day, are still thought of in that way because of our erections for guns
1: yeah yeah and that's really what it is it's become one of these things where it's a symbol of masculinity it's a symbol of virility and you know what no one's gonna no one's gonna rob my house you come into my house and attack my kids I'm gonna shoot you in the face well that's
2: I don't nobody wants your stuff dude
1: (laughs) (laughs) well there's that and there's also the fact that those kind of situations are few and far between and oftentimes they can almost immediately go sideways where if you have a firearm for self-protection in your house oftentimes that firearm is used against you uh either by you know a family member in the heat of some sort of domestic dispute or by your kids accidentally shooting themselves or the home invader getting their hands on your firearm which often happens too and most
2: of the guns most of the guns in those kinds of shootings uh domestic uh, suicides uh, uh, children, uh, most of those cases, those were guns kept for protection. That's How's right. that working out for you, America? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's yeah. that working out?
1: Ultimately, it's a hobby. I mean, owning firearms is like, it, it tickles mm-hmm. that uh, collector bug. I certainly, it, I certainly have it. that. I'm a collector. Well, I like to collect it, all the nerd comic book shit. But I it, know people it, who have the same uh, obsession – Mm-hmm. With firearms, with weapons yeah. that destroy lives—that's the intention. They either wound or kill living beings. That is the purpose of a firearm. Right. Yeah. And so. Th- exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: they—they they don't take up as much room as a train set, unfortunately. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> That's right. That is exactly right. And so, uh, as a consequence. You know, you say, well, it's time to, uh, you know, maybe confiscate some assault rifles here and make sure, you know, look, these are these things, there's no intrinsic value to these things. You can protect your home with a, a, a handgun or something. Uh, you don't need a military style firearm. You don't need a military style rifle to protect, you know, your Nintendo and your widescreen TV. Sorry, this is not, it's completely unnecessary. Um, and, and meantime, you know, if you have one, at one point, you're going to want to use it. It's what's the point of it if you don't use it at some right. point? So, oftentimes, it generates an itchy trigger finger uh, among mm-hmm. its owners, especially its more and, radical and, owners,
2: and among police officers who have them.
1: And that takes us to what happened in Virginia with these police officers who pepper sprayed, you know, a second lieutenant in the United States Army, oh. uh, who you know, it's black,
2: <laughs> black, and black and Latino.
1: Yeah, yeah, was uh, responsible for the unforgivable charge of driving well black and latino as you said Mm -hmm. and so um this incident has drawn widespread criticism all across the board uh nazario is heard saying i'm honestly afraid to get out to which Mm -hmm. the police officer responds yeah you should be Uh uh-huh uh yeah way to support the troops yellow ribbons all around for everybody an incident report by police officer Joe Gutierrez said Nazario did not comply to commands. And police said Nazario uh, was driving a car with tinted windows and no rear license plate. a oh, shock horror!
2: He was the driver who had the temporary uh, license tag in his window because it was yeah. a brand new vehicle.
1: That's right. Tinted windows. You know, I was once pulled over for tinted windows. Hello, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't pepper sprayed. G- g- take one guess why. Uh, You're white? I'm a white guy. Yeah. And that's the problem, tinted windows. Holy shit! Another case where if he had just gotten away, and if we're talking about a second lieutenant in the army, he wasn't gonna just drive. He wasn't gonna flee the scene. But say that he had. Holy shit! Oh my god! Put out an all points APB. There's a guy driving around with tinted windows. We got to stop him. What'll happen to the children?
2: He's gonna go. He's he's gone mad. He'll tint your windows next. <laughs>
1: This is nonsense. So uh, he is suing the officers, Yes, uh, which is uh, also good news. I think he's suing them for a, a million dollars, I think, is the lawsuit amount.
2: As he, as he should. I'm, I'm surprised that criminal charges haven't yet been pressed. Perhaps they still could be. Certainly the victim of that attack uh, is, uh, in addition to having the right to sue, I think has the right to file a cl- criminal complaint against this now former officer.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Virginia cop who pepper sprayed Nazario has been fired. Right, uh, so that that's happened as well. And, mm-hmm. and you know, honestly, anyone who discharges a firearm thinking that it's uh, actually their taser, you know, this uh, officer officer Potter in right. uh, in Brooklyn Center, right, she should be fired. I mean, she was put on administrative leave. She we should be fired.
2: I'm afraid so, because she's proven she can't be trusted out there. Uh, and uh, it's very sad to see a 26-year career end that way, but that's how it ended. And she's the one who pulled the trigger. And And whether it was an accident or whatever, uh, she can't be on the force anymore. She just can't.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look, if you kill someone because they were driving around with air fresheners around their uh, rearview mirror... Probably that's uh a, a is that illegal?
2: Is that even Ill- illegal I, I've never I've never heard of any ordinance about air freshening. Now uh, when it comes to tinted windows, uh, each state, I think each jurisdiction can and does often have its own rules about how tinted they can be. yeah there is a percentage that's allowed and a percentage that's considered too far mm-hmm. uh, and which windows you can darkly tint. Uh, but but uh, having tinted windows in and of itself is not illegal. Uh, certainly, I have them on my car uh, in the Florida sun. You bet, ya. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, air fresheners? Really? I've never. Somebody, please enlighten me because I've never heard of an air freshener ordinance.
1: I I think the reasoning is that it blocks part of the windshield. View? It's, ah. The view through the windshield, the windshield okay. becomes right. too obstructed. Kind
2: of it's but I see... Yeah. It depends on which way the Christmas tree turns. If it's turned <laughs> at the right angle, you can see everything just fine.
1: It's an air freshener, and it didn't warrant a dead guy. No, it
2: didn't no warrant- it's not a... None of these, none, no, matter what you, no matter how many things you can list, no matter what you list, none of these are capital offenses. Yeah. The police have no right to execute suspects,
1: period. Right, right. Well, um, in all of our bafflement here over police procedures and things like that, I want to turn now to... Uh, actually, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, I want to turn to uh, a story that I have labeled here called, What the Fuck, Japan? We're (laughs) going to talk about that right after these words.
0: You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius bath and body products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours One bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com.
3: Bob Seska!
2: The Bob Seska Show. Indie Music Rewind. April
1: 2020. Passion. Was it for real? Aching and hoping.
0: And then we kneel. Ask me, where have I been? Choked in a stranglehold where love meets with sin.
1: Oh, the great gin, chocolate, and bottle rockets. One of my faves on the show, featuring Jen Farley, who's the wife of the great Mike Farley. Uh, this is a song called Disguise. We're rewinding all the way back to April 2020, repeating all the songs we played one year ago. This is uh, from their debut album, Gin Chocolate and Bottle Rockets. GinChocolateAndBottleRockets.com is the name of the website, so please go and support them. Thank you very much for doing that. Uh, See, if you were locked in your home
2: in April 2020, you could have been listening to this.
1: <laughs> That's exactly right, you and shirkers. You, and you st-
2: and you still can. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, on a uh, more of a serious note here, um, I, I just want to say a, a, a very brief safe home to our friend Michael Latham. Uh, yes. Some of you might know him from My Facebook, God. and uh, you know he was a very loyal supporter and listener yes, of the show. He and uh was. And more than that, though, uh, Michael Latham, who uh, passed away the other day, uh, yes. suddenly uh, it was, it was quite a surprise. I had no idea that he was Shocked. even sick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on top of being a listener and a Patreon supporter, um, Michael was instrumental in helping me build my Patreon page in the first place. He wow. uh, he had years of experience in the tech world. He was a mm-hmm. giant in the world of video games in the 1980s and, and especially into the 1990s. I mean, many of the Many of your favorite video games were developed and produced by Michael Latham. Uh, Virtua Fighter is one of the ones that I remember very distinctly as being extraordinarily popular, and and he was uh, responsible for that. Um, but he was really he kind of helped me shepherd that this Patreon page that we've started. Uh, I didn't
2: know that. That's y- amazing. I, yeah, I mean, I knew about his background, but I didn't know he specifically had helped you with your Patreon page, and that just makes me love him and miss him more
1: yeah yeah just in a voluntary way he would just send me tips and in fact the one dollar level on our patreon page if you're a one dollar subscriber you can thank Michael Latham, and I do, because he was the one yeah. who said, hey, why not Why not try a $1 level? That'll give people an, an entryway to support the mm-hmm. show, even if they don't have a lot of money, and a dollar isn't that much per month to spend uh, to support an independent podcast. And right. So he came up with that idea, and he said, besides, some people will sign up for $1 and then maybe up their subscription to $5 or $10. And some people have. As the case may be, yeah, and that's actually happened. And so um, beyond that, he was just... Just a hell of a sweet guy, just yeah. immensely helpful, immensely supportive, always around. It was Michael Latham, mid-March of 2020, okay. who sent me a DM and said, you know, Bob, it's probably time that you should start quarantining. <laughs> Stop going to the gym, isolate in place. This virus is for oh, real. And uh, Kimberly and I decided at that point, yep, yeah, time to uh, start taking I- precautions.
2: I'll tell you, Michael and I had a lot of exchanges on Twitter uh, and I believe also Facebook. And Mm -hmm. we didn't always agree on things, but I always knew uh, of his good heart. And and I always felt that he was always on the right side of things, even if we might disagree over some minor aspect of it. And he was very uh, loving and supportive uh, in that way. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was just shocked. To hear that uh the, this wonderful person had uh, suddenly vanished yeah. and, uh you know so yeah our condolences to his friends and family and mm-hmm. uh it means we and we've talked about this before on the show uh, what we do now podcasting even more so than radio is the most intimate medium and yes. we we are connected to so many of you and, uh, yeah, we, we see, and maybe we don't always chime in, but we, we kind of know what's going on in your lives a lot of times because mm-hmm. you share that with us, and and we appreciate that, and it helps us feel like we know you. Yeah. And so uh, it, to lose somebody like Michael is especially tough.
1: So thank you, Michael, for everything you did and yeah. Amen. all of safe your home. support. And uh, safe home to you. Okay. Yeah, it sucks. Um, Okay, let's move on here. uh, Talk about something that sucks. We all remember the Fukushima nuclear disaster as a result of that uh, earthquake and uh, the tsunami that occurred there that was so incredibly dramatic and shocking and terrifying. Well, now, uh, several years later, Japan has decided to take all that radioactive water that they've been storing up, and they've decided to... Dump it into the ocean. This is their grand plan. Oh, we call that the Florida approach. (laughs) Boom! Japan's government decided Tuesday to start releasing treated radioactive water from the wrecked Fukushima nuclear plant into the Pacific Ocean in two Mm. years. An option fiercely opposed by fishermen, residents, and Japan's neighbors, and also by the Earth in general. There's Um,
2: no place to put this stuff. It's... It will always come back and bite us in the
1: ass. Yeah, remember those scary charts, those maps that were coming out during Fukushima, where we're showing the the flow of the, the spread. water? yeah, yeah. The, spread. the spread of
2: radioactivity. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah well, I look. I mean, first of all, the oceans are no longer pristine in the first place. It's not like we're uh, this is the first thing that's been dumped into the ocean and it'll just disperse and not be a problem. It joins all the other crap in the water now and uh yeah the pacific ocean big place lots of water (laughs) that's kind of an understatement but at the same time jesus this is radiated water the accumulating water has been stored in tanks at the fukushima Daiichi plant since 2011 uh, when the earthquake uh, caused a nuclear disaster there. The plant storage capacity will be full late next year. So Prime Minister uh, Suga said that the ocean release was the most realistic option and that disposing the water is unavoidable for the decommissioning it, it, of the it, Fukushima plant.
2: Unless they can build another container for it, uh, it may be. Uh, I, as I said, I think of last week's show, Uh, radiation occurs naturally in our planet, Uh, and we're all exposed to a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's in the soil. It's in everything. It's in you, probably, uh, to some degree, Uh, which what's dangerous is excess radiation. And uh, if there is an upside to this, it is the more water you dump uh, any kind of pollutant Mm -hmm. into, uh, the more diluted it will become and less Potent It will become the bad news is this builds up over time. Yeah, this will always come back and bite us in the ass. Uh, there's a map in the Tampa Bay Times this morning uh, uh, showing uh, the spread of the uh, chemical pollutants. That have been uh, that are now being released into uh, Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, y- some of that will make its way out into the Gulf of Mexico, which is part of the Atlantic Ocean. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, so uh, all the oceans are, are uh, planets two thirds covered with water. Yeah, uh, and so and, and and with the the polar caps melting, we have more water every day. Yeah, but uh, y- that doesn't mean uh, we have an unlimited supply. In fact, uh, they're looking at drought and water shortages again in California this year. We've we've screwed up the planet, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have Mm -hmm. we have screwed up the planet and it is urgent for journalists and elected officials to focus on that, because while we're screwing around with all this other stuff, uh, the planet's going away. Or certainly is in threat of becoming an an uninhabitable place.
1: Yeah, but we got to get really militant when it comes to those guys driving around with tinted windows. You know, and what about Dr.
2: Seuss? And Dr. (laughs) Seuss? There's a that has still not been resolved, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) So.
1: <laughs> God damn. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think of the Gulf of Mexico. I think of the Deepwater Horizon disaster and all of the chemical dispersant mm-hmm. that they threw right. in the water. To, it adds uh, up. Yeah, it, it all adds up. And that's the thing. It's it's disaster after disaster after disaster that accumulates. It's not just the Fukushima nuclear disaster and the radiation they're going to be dumping into the Pacific Ocean. It's How does that uh, magnify what's already in the water as far mm-hmm. as being a disaster for the the wildlife, especially certainly the e- entire ecosystem gets thrown off um it becomes untenable and, to actually for humans to go in the water i mean i become and, less inclined right. to go and, swimming in the ocean and, because of this and s- sea life
2: sea life yeah. uh, that can't survive though the ocean's the warming of the planet is led by the oceans themselves. Mm-hmm. That's what's really heating up right now. Yeah. And that's forcing many species of sea life to move to cooler locations. And so as on land, their habitats become smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there, Soon there will be no place to run, no place to hide. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it's really tragic, especially you know with the Pacific Ocean. I lived in Hawaii for five years. One of the greatest things that I've ever seen in my entire life was the natural splendor of the Pacific Ocean. The magnitude of it, the color, the 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 experience of swimming. In the Pacific Ocean in Hawaii. The crystal clear water where you can see straight down through. I mean, 20, 30 feet down to the very bottom as if it was right in front of your face.
2: And and what has the Atlantic ever done for us? (laughs) Columbus? You got Columbus, you got the Titanic. I mean... No good comes of the
1: Atlantic Ocean. It's the Pacific. That's however, right. I agree. I agree. It's beautiful. <laughs> That's right. The the uh, the ocean debate is the same as the Marvel versus DC debate. I'm a I'm a Pacific Ocean guy. Well, you're an Atlantic Ocean guy. I don't trust you. You suck, Atlantic Ocean. Okay. Well, <laughs> lot, lots more to talk about. What's that? Yeah. I just
2: I live on the Atlantic coast, but uh, I do like the Pacific coast better. So I defer to you.
1: Don't you live on the Gulf Coast?
2: Well, yeah, technically, yeah. Okay. But, I mean, as I said, it's part of the. America. Oh, it's
1: all part of the same. Yeah, I get That's it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well- we're merely, we, we're, we're all but a gulf. Go- a we're just a gulf. <laughs> we're just, we're, we're a, a mere gulf. <laughs> you feel lesser than. You feel a little inadequate because it's just a mere golf. No,
2: no, it's our okay. golf. Yeah, We're good, proud of
1: it. Good, good, good. It's a nice body of water, you know, except for the chemical dispersion I was see. Just
2: I, I, what I'm clumsily trying to do here is get us off that horribly depressing note we ended on.
1: <laughs> I know you're trying really <laughs> hard, and it's working. I'm I'm glad to say. I, Thank I, I you. hope so. Well, here's uh, here's some more good news. Mazie Hirono, Senator Mazie Hirono, is going to be on yes. this year's show coming up yeah. on uh, April 28th. Yeah. Our first member of the United States Senate to join the podcast for a conversation, 20 minutes or so. We're going to talk about her new book called uh, Heart on Fire. No, it's called, I'm sorry, Heart of Fire. Her heart is not on fire. No, it's, it, the name of the book is called Heart of Fire. We're going to talk about that. Certainly, we're going to talk about Hawaii. And uh, of course, Maisie Hirono is going to be one of the Pacific Ocean supporters. She's going to be with yes. me, where she's like, Team I know. Pacific. I,
2: listen, I conceded already. <laughs>
1: We win. Ha, ha. Ha, ha. Okay, uh, we're doing the post-mortem show coming up next on our Patreon page. If you signed up, get your ass over there. $5 a month. And uh, you can hear the post-mortem show twice a week after the Tuesday show and after the Thursday show when this music gets done playing. We keep on talking and we post it on our Patreon page for your enjoyment. So thank you again for subscribing and we'll see you over there, folks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Aloha.